All right, welcome, welcome to the Biblos Network. Welcome back, guys. We pray that you are enjoying the favor of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A distinctly apostolic greeting that the book of Isaiah said, in that day, we will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Jehovah is our strength. He's our song. He will also be our salvation. And in that day, they shall say, praise the Lord. I love that greeting. I love the fulfillment of that prophecy. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that God is helping you. I know he is here in Durham. We trust he is there where you are. I cannot keep up with the blessings of God. It is Things are happening at a dizzying pace. And I know the world is formidable. I know the hour is dark in many ways, but there is such a great outpouring of grace and light and revelation that it's just a good day to be serving God. I know I sound like a broken record, but I, it's only because it's the truth. So God bless you where you are. Thank you for joining us here today. I wanted to take a moment and share something with you. I want to talk to you about releasing the vision, unlocking the restraints that contain the vision, the dream. And I'm saying it in the context, actually, of communion. <clears throat> this last week, we had our communion Sunday where we took wine and we took bread and we, we partook of it. We took the Lord's sup Supper. We participated in, in foot washing, a foot washing service, and the Holy Ghost moved in there in a mighty way. Um, feet washing is becoming more and more rare in, in many apostolic circles, and that's unfortunate because Jesus did it as an example at the Last Supper, and then he blessed bread. He broke it, and they partook of the wine. He said, this is my body. This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you. And he washed Simon Peter's feet in that, in that same night. It was a beautiful example of what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords did in that last moment of fellowship with his disciples. God wants to sit down at a table with us. He wants to partake with us. Revelation said that he will enter in and he will sup with us. And I want that. I want that fellowship with God, that communion, literally two coming together into one, becoming one, communing together. It's where you get the word community. It's where you get... Um, that word communion from we want to be one with God we want to be one with one another united in purpose united in spirit and the king of heaven washed Peter's feet and if that offends you or if that makes you uncomfortable that's the point that is designed to remove your pride and to cast down ego and literally model what the kingdom looks like. You want to know what it looks like? It's serving. It is, it is serving your brother, serving your sister in the kingdom of God. So we had that. It was a great moment. The Holy Ghost moved in a, in a powerful way. 
it's it's great to be part of a body that is in unity. And then we partook of the the wine and the bread. Now, most people partake of that. They they wonder why we do that. Many people know, but for those of you that don't know some of the nuance of that topic, this goes back to the beginning when when Melchizedek brings brings wine and he brings bread and he feeds Abraham. Abraham worships the Lord. He offers service to Melchizedek, the high priest, the servant of the Most High. And he gives him the tithe. He brings the tithe to Melchizedek. And this is a biblical principle, a spiritual principle of an app. This is an apostolic church service. You are going to break bread. You're going to drink wine. That is another way of saying that you're going to have the preaching of the word of God and you're going to have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The breaking of the bread is the preaching and the study of God's word and the, the drinking of the wine is, is God's, it is the blood of the New Testament. It is also the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The Bible called it new wine. Jesus taught them, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, then you can have no part with me. And many of the Jews, Orthodox believing Jews, were very offended at this. They walked away from him. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear this? Who, who in the world can even understand what this crazy man is saying? But Jesus then clarifies, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are life. I'm not telling you or I'm not endorsing uh, cannibalism. <laughs> Don't take what I'm saying. Literally take it in its truest revelatory form you are to take me in. It's another way of saying, I am going to enter into you. I'm going to dwell in you. You are going to take in my word, take in my spirit, and I will live in you. And so this original Melchizedek moment, this bread, this wine represents that. This is an apostolic church service. And he, Abraham, gave tithe of all. And that is exactly what happens when we come to the house of God. We have preaching, we have worship, there is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, we bring our tithe and we bring it to the Lord. And the kingdom of God goes forward and you raise up people, you educate people, you build faith, you, you help strengthen the people of God, the covenant people of God. What a beautiful precedent. Another example in scripture is when they come out of Egypt, they they have that first Passover meal. They eat unleavened bread. They paint blood over the doorposts of the house. So you have bread, you have blood, and they then depart. The Passover lamb is killed, and they depart from Egypt. Well, this, again, is a powerful metaphor and shadow and type of something that would, that would be to come. So Jesus, the night of his his betrayal where he is betrayed into the hands of Caiaphas and Annas and the rest of the Sanhedrin. And then eventually to the Romans, he is partaking of this meal, this last meal. Now this is his last earthly meal. He said, I will not drink of the wine until with you again, until I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And so powerful statement. We're literally going to go from one table to another table, from the earthly table to the heavenly table one day. And 
be in fellowship with God. What a, what a wonderful blessing it is to have a seat at the table of the Lord. And so that picture of communion is so vivid, it's so powerful, it's dynamic, it's exciting. Jesus takes the wine, he takes the bread, he, he breaks the bread, they partake, they have that last meal, and he is then betrayed. Judas betrays him, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and on and on to his crucifixion. So, my point there is to show that, again, the Passover lamb dies. Jesus is the Passover lamb. They partake of the bread, they partake of the blood, and literally, the lamb was going to be slain. Just like it was in the Exodus, so it would be in Jesus' day. He brought them, Moses brought them out of Egypt. Jesus was bringing them out of this world. So all of these are biblical themes and dynamics. We had a great time and a great, a great spirit of worship, a great atmosphere. What I want to show you today in this Biblo session is the story of Joseph where the Bible says that both the butler and the baker were imprisoned. Joseph is in prison. He's been falsely accused by uh, Potiphar's wife. She has lied about him. He is in prison and he sees God gives him favor in that prison. And one day he sees two of his charges and their countenance was fallen. They're, they were discouraged. They were, in our words, our jargon, they were depressed. They were down. And Joseph asked them, what, what is, what's going on, guys? The first thing I want to point out to you is that the baker is literally the bread maker. He is the bread. The butler is the the one who presses the grapes. He's the one who crushes the grapes into Pharaoh's cup. He is the winemaker. And I will tell you this, Satan wants to imprison the purpose of God in your life. He wants to imprison and lock up the bread and the wine. He wants to stifle your fellowship with God. He wants to shackle the promises of God in your life and Joseph comes in and begins to speak to them. How many people are living a life beneath what they could in God, struggling to make it week to week, lacking fellowship with the Lord? When you come and you take <clears throat> communion, the bread and wine, that is indicative. You're, you're, you're physically enacting what you have been spiritually doing all throughout the year. You are, you are showing the Lord's death. You are partaking in his death. You are partaking in, in him. You're saying to yourself and to the world that I am reading my Bible. I am praying. I am, I am being filled with the Holy Ghost regularly. I am discerning the body of Christ. I'm, and this I'm doing in remembrance of the Lord in this action. But I am doing it every day in my life. I'm drinking the wine. I'm eating the bread. That will unlock things in your life. And God wanted to unlock 
both the butler and the baker. God wants to unlock the bread and the wine. Not just the bread and the wine, but the bread maker and the wine maker. God wants to turn you into a vessel to, to unleash those elements in your life. And the whole point is that the vision of God could come to pass. So before I get to that part, let me just mention Joseph comes in and he hears their dream. They were discouraged because they had had dreams. The, the, the butler tells Joseph his dream. And the dream is this, that there were three vines. And <clears throat> he took the grapes from off of those vines. He pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. Joseph said, this is a great dream. The three vines are three days. And in three days, you're going to have your job back. You're going to be back in Pharaoh's court. When the baker saw that this was a good interpretation, he immediately exclaims. He says, tell me, tell me my dream. I had a dream as well. I'm not certain what the meaning is. Tell me my, tell me what my dream means. And so Joseph said, okay, what, what did you dream? I had three baskets on my head. The man told him. And it was filled with bread. And I, I watched as the birds of the air came down and took the bread out of those baskets. So it, this is a, a dream of, of taking, of removing, a dream of removal. And Joseph, I can almost see him in my mind's eye, not wanting to go any further because he realized what it meant. And the meaning of the dream, dear Baker, is that in three days, the three baskets are three days, you're going to die. The birds removing the bread means that you will be removed. You'll be taken from this earth. Pharaoh's going to kill you. And it happened just like that. Three days later, the butler has his job back. The baker, the Bible says that he was taken and he was killed. Now, this is where it gets very interesting. <clears throat> in typology in scripture, whenever you see the number three, your Holy Ghost antennas should rise up. Your spiritual receptors should start buzzing and your Holy Ghost-ometer should start blinking red because those three days are highly symbolic. Just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, the Son of Man would be in the belly of the earth. It was a sign of the prophet Jonah. Um, Moses lifted up, or rather, I'm sorry, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place at Mount Moriah where he was going to offer Isaac. And it was, um, they had gone three days journey and he saw the place so far off. On the third day, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. Third day, third day, third day, over and over again. It all typifies and points to the day that Jesus would be in the, in the ground, in the grave for three days. So the moment Joseph sees the three vines and the three baskets, he immediately realizes that there's significance here. And I'll point this out. You know, Joseph was not operating mystically. This was not voodoo. This was not, you know, the touch. He didn't have the touch. He wasn't fey. He wasn't... Um, operating on pixie dust. He, he, he wasn't a fortune teller, a palm reader. None of, it was none of that. It was no familiar spirit. This, the Bible tells us what it was. It says that the spirit of Christ that was in them signified things to come. 
and it testified of things to come. And, and the patriarchs and the prophets, they sought what manner of time that spirit of Christ that was in them signified. And that spirit of Christ was doing flip-flops with Joseph. Three days, three days. Because the truth is, the butler, the baker, and the imprisonment they were in are all part of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And the three days point right at it. That baker dying was the death. The buried condition in the prison was the burial. And the, the raising up of the butler out on the third day, that is the resurrection, and they drank new wine on that day. A, an ancient form of the death, burial, and resurrection, are right. it's right there in the story of Joseph and the butler and baker. And I'm telling you, if you don't know it now, you must repent of your sins. That's the baker dying. Um, I could talk about that for a good while. That baker died. That bread has to be broken. In the New Testament, the bread is broken. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. The bread's going to be broken. The physical, the bread is going to be broken. And this is a powerful shadow and type of the death of Jesus Christ. The old man has to die. The bread has to die. The body has to die. And man, this is so powerful. Not only that, if you read it closely in Genesis, it says that they took the baker out, they slew him, and they hung him on a tree. It actually says that. Wow, how can you not see Calvary? How can you not see the man Christ Jesus dying, the bread, the body, the flesh, the substance of Jesus dying? And that's what they did with that baker. And they were currently buried at that moment in that prison. That is baptism. That is burial. If we are buried with Christ, we will be raised with him, buried with him in the likeness of his death. So there they both are. They're buried in that moment. And there'll be times when you are buried. Every time in your life, if you're in Christ, you are either going to be in the death, the burial, or the resurrection. If you are in a period of your life where you're struggling and, and everything's going wrong and you're just being killed, as it were, you're on the torture rack, you feel like you're about to give up and lose out and it's because you're dying. You're going through a process of death. That's just the stage you're in right now. And then you'll be forgotten. You'll be put away. You'll be ignored. You'll be, you'll be buried, as it were. But with every death and with every burial, there will be a resurrection. God will raise you up. And that's what that butler represents on that third day. He rose up from the prison house. He rose up from the burial. He pressed the grapes into the cup. They drank of that new wine. <laughs> this wasn't mysticism, ladies and gentlemen. This was the spirit of Christ signifying the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Joseph knew that. Joseph was operating in that administration as he ministered to them. Praise God. This Joseph, who's a powerful archetype of Jesus Christ, he is there and he is operating in that administration and he preached to the spirits that were in prison there. First Peter 3 says that Jesus came to do that as well. The whole point of this, of dealing with that butler and baker, was to release them from their prison. And God wants to release things in your life. He wants to release the dream, release the vision. God has told you that you are to pray 
He's told you that you are to read your Bible. He has called you to teach people Bible study. He has called you to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And brother, that name is Jesus. And you feel that tug. I feel that tug. Any child of God feels the tug to proclaim his word and release the bread and the wine. When you release the butler and baker, it sets in motion the journey to Pharaoh's throne room. God wanted to save the Gentiles. God wanted to deliver the offscouring, the heathen. God wanted to, to deliver those that sat in darkness and would see a great light. And the name of the Lord would be great among the Gentiles. That was the dream. That was the vision. And God was releasing it into the world. The devil wants to lock it up. The devil wants to break it. The devil wants to bury it and never, never hear from it again. But if the spirit of Jesus Christ can ever get loose inside of a person, it will loose these elements in your life. Loose these elements that are supposed to be operational. Release the bread. Release the wine. Release the preaching. Release the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Release it on a daily basis. I believe every day you should let the, buck, the butler and the baker out of your prison house. Open your mouth and proclaim God's word. Open your mouth and praise God and worship God. Let the power of God go to work. And Egypt will open. Gentiles will be saved. Not only that, the Jews will be restored. Because the brothers came back. And God restored them, the ones that had originally betrayed Joseph. So if the mystery of the Gentiles is Christ in you, the hope of glory, I believe that that Christ in you, that is the bread and that is the wine entering into our lives. And we are to set those elements free. We are to be blessed. We are to boldly proclaim the word of God. We are to share it with our neighbors. We are to talk about it with everybody around us. You haven't even scratched the surface yet of the great teacher God wants you to become. Tonight I had the privilege of sitting down in, in an office with 11 people who were so excited about the word of God, hungry for the word of God, and we had a blast. Precious people, lovely people, and <clears throat> we talked about the scriptures. We opened up the scriptures. What a, what a time we had. And I could feel the bread working. I was breaking the bread. And I'll tell you something. The Bible says that when the disciples broke bread, their eyes were open and they knew Jesus. I'm convinced that when you break the bread a certain way, you will see Jesus like you've never seen him before. Yes, there is a release of the butler. There is a release of the baker. For every denominal person out there that you've heard of the Holy Ghost but you've been told that it's not for you or perhaps you've been told that speaking in tongues is of the devil or perhaps you've been told that maybe you're just not familiar with how it all works I want to release the butler in your life I want you to, to press the grapes I want to fill your cup with wine because the Holy Ghost is for you and it's for your children and it's to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We have people that come, they love to hear the preaching of the word of God. The anointed preaching of the word of God is one of the most powerful prophetic administrations. 
Not only will it break the bread of life, but the spirit of prophecy, which is Jesus Christ. The spirit of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. It goes out. I can't tell you the times people come to me and say, Brother Urshan, I can't believe you said that. Right before church, I was going through such and such. I was dealing with such and such. How could you know? And the answer is, I don't know, but Jesus knows. And the spirit of prophecy comes. And when you break that bread, you feed the multitudes. Glory to God. This is the bread. This is the wine. And this is supposed to be released in everybody's life. Goodness, folks, you, you are living in the land of YouTube and Apple and Spotify. You can, at the push of a button, you can have the bread broken. You can hear some of the greatest preaching you've ever heard. Don't let uh, Jay-Z and Taylor Swift and whoever else fill your ears and hear, fill your brain with things that are anti-God. Let, let the preaching of the word of God flow. Let, let the, the benefit of this tech-driven society, let it bring good to you rather than evil. Break the bread, drink the wine. Let there be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let it happen in your car on the way to work. Let it happen on the way home from work. We're living in an amazing time and you don't have to let the continuous encroachment of sin be the dominant force. You can take that same technology, turn it for good and use it for a positive thing, for preaching, for singing, for worship. Stream that new message that your pastor preached last week stream the latest conference uh, and listen to the whole thing and be edified you're eating bread you're drinking wine and god will pour out his spirit and you too can release the butler and the baker from the prison that satan would try to lock them in when you do egypt will open the purpose of god will be fulfilled I can feel it happening right now here in Durham, North Carolina. Egypt is opening its storehouses. There are things happening in revival that are exciting. There are things happening in business that are mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. God will open up the financial doors. People become business owners. People begin to own real estate. People receive the Holy Ghost at record pace. It is a day of revival and outpouring. And it is not just the wine, which is more of the spirit, but it is also the bread, which is more substance. There's a physical element. There's a spiritual element and they work in tandem. God will bless your finances. God will bless your body and God will bless your spirit. If you will release these elements. So that is all I have for today, guys. I hope, I hope that makes sense. I hope that is a blessing. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I was talking to some of our young men here in the Biblo studio this week. I want you to take a moment and email us. You can email us at our email address. And that address is contactbiblos at gmail.com. Contactbiblos, one word, at gmail.com. Many of you have taken to <laughs> reaching out to me on Instagram or reaching out to me on Facebook. You can always do that too. Or you can post a question in the YouTube comment section. But take a moment, send in your questions. I will do my best to answer them our next session that we have. So if you have questions, something that you'd like to hear about, I will do my best to go through them and share them with you. So we want to be a help to you, a blessing to you, and, and help you realize God's greatest potential in your life so until next time 
God bless you, God keep you, and God cause his face to shine upon you.